On today's episode, we discuss using beta software, take a look at Apple's latest in advertising, and the iPad as a computer replacement. This is episode 8 of Magnificent. As always, I'm Ian Fuchs, and I'm joined by our two lead panelists, MacTrass.com senior editor, Chris Houck, and Glenn Kunzler of the Utah Realm. Hey guys, how are you today? <laughs> Doing better than you are, apparently. <laughs> At least we can talk. Speaking problems today, apparently. I, I would be better if my, my name hadn't just lost its J. <laughs> <laughs> You're a J-less. J Glenn Kunzler. J Glenn Kunzler. Are J's, all about- are J's legal in your state, Glenn? They are now. Yeah. <laughs> we may be talking about a different J here. <laughs> so uh so what's new what's new this week with you guys anything exciting anything of note that was worth sharing with our our friends on the internet mm, nothing i can illegally or morally share glenn's always got something. Good. i acquired glenn a new has... pair of scissors that's always fun they let you have sharp objects again I had to sneak them. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you acquired scissors. I acquired a cat. Weird things happened this week. Um, I didn't get anything yeah. this week. Man, who doesn't love scissors? <laughs> Paper. <laughs> um, ribbons. String. People who have fallen while running. Yeah. Well, those, you, those, those guys you, are all wrong. You know Glenn oh. runs with scissors. Yeah, he does. Probably. So, with with that, other than your scissors acquisition, uh, the only other big thing, well, not the only other, but one big thing that happened this past week was Beta 2 of LCAP for Mac, <laughs> okay. iOS 9, and WatchOS, uh, WatchOS 2. That was a beautiful transition, wasn't it? <laughs> You're the um, master of the segue. So I, <laughs> I'm getting there. Uh, so I guess that's that's something that I acquired this week was Watch OS two and iOS nine beta two and LCAP beta two. Just not gonna say the whole word, are you? No, I refuse. It's a terrible name. I will. It's the I best will live with name ever. It's so much fun to it say El Capitan. Yosemite Part Two. <laughs> I can I can go that direction if you'd prefer. Um. Any any majorly notable changes you guys ran across in the updated version of the betas? It feels like mostly stability stuff. Mm, the only one I'm running is OS nine. I uh, yeah, I didn't notice anything big. I noticed on the phone and iPad, I'm getting what I would consider acceptable battery life now, whereas beta one was just abysmal. Like abysmal, huh? Abysmal, yeah, it was that bad. I mean, I was like every six hours charging. Really? And I don't even use my phone. Like, I don't use my phone like some people use their phone. Uh, whereas, like, today I was able to unplug my phone this morning at um, like nine, eight thirty, something like that. And I'm at 36% now. So you're looking at. 11 hours and I haven't burned through 80% of the battery. That's I consider that acceptable battery life. The watch on the other hand, I've had uh, a collective of issues with and I was actually talking to Chris about this before the show. I, it wouldn't 
give me alerts. It was springboard was crashing on it, and this has all been in the last like forty eight hours for me, uh, to the point where I restored it last night. And then after restoring it last night today, I had uh, about five hours of battery life, and it was down to thirty percent. Charged it back up to eighty, and then it died uh, about five hours later. So my watches battery life is doing something totally wacky so, right now so did, did that happen immediately following the upgrade to the recent beta or no. or it was a few days later that actually the the upgrade to the beta it seemed like battery life didn't really make a change but some of the apps got a little more stable and then what what was that tuesday that came out sounds right yeah, so like four days later, I started having some weird glitchy issues, um, which may have been at fault of an app or glance or something that was on there that I don't even realize was the issue. But after I did the restore, uh, that just sent me into this spiral of issues. <laughs> so I'm I'm about two shakes away from just starting from scratch on a watch OS 2, I guess, since I don't have a way to downgrade. Which I suppose brings us to the next thing. Why do we use beta software? <laughs> <laughs> because it's because people get upset if you just sit and punch yourself in the face in public. It's the only way we so can we can hurt ourselves without uh, you know being obvious about it. It's less offensive if we just abuse ourselves <laughs> yeah, via yes. beta software. Self abuse is frowned on. Here's the thing about anyway, beta but. software for me. And I've kind of thought this for a long time. But for me, using beta software is my way of contributing to the future of the platform. By using the beta and providing the feedback that the, um, that the developer needs, in this case Apple, you're helping to make the platform that much better for people when it finally comes out. Um, and the fact that you get to experiment with all the cool new stuff first is, uh, is never a downside either. Sure. And I, I know for me, I I enjoy using beta software most of the time, although usually I've held off a little bit longer yeah. before I go to it. Uh, I've, I've noticed on my Mac especially, I didn't even consider the fact that I use Photoshop on occasion. And in LCAP, they killed off the support for Java 6 or at least there's not currently a version of Java 6 available. And since I don't use Creative Cloud, I use Adobe CS6 or whatever uh, for Photoshop. I can no longer use that because it requires that old Java version. So I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, nor normally the computer is the one I, I feel the most safe about, and especially this year with LCAP just being all these minor changes from... Yosemite, you'd think maybe it wouldn't have done as much damage, but it seems like it's just just crippling me enough that it's kind of annoying. <laughs> the other devices are I'm totally just on them because I think, like you said, it, it's fun to be part of that new feature, and it's also you're giving feedback in some way or another to Apple to show here's things that didn't work, here's things that did work. Right. You know, like I talked about last week, the week before, locking myself out of the house. Uh, that was an unexpected occurrence thanks to iOS 9, which did not get fixed in beta 2 also. So I'm 
still using a key to get in the house instead of just tapping the doorknob. That's wow, that's horrible. I'm, I'm, spe- I'm speechless. I'm speechless. To, to be fair, terrible. To be fair, Apple does warn people that this sort of thing might happen. They've got a nice, oh yeah, a nice little disclaimer that that says you know you you really you probably ought not use this on your primary device. Oh yeah, absolutely not. But people do anyway. Of course they do because why not? Run with scissors, right? Brings us right back right. to the scissors, Put which the are scissors awesome, down. by the way. Put the scissors down. They look like scissors. <laughs> the uh, do they cut paper? Of course they do. They cut everything, all of the things. Then they're good scissors. Unless they're fabric scissors, then don't cut paper with them. Yeah. I was told that once that you'll ruin fabric scissors by cutting paper with uh, them. These are totally as all purposes you can get. Cut your beard right now. <laughs> yeah, no, do we it. don't even have do a it. video do feed. It. What would that get me? <laughs> we'll do a play, we'll do a play by play. All right, do, here we go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen. Never. We all know it's not gonna happen. Never ever. Uh, this is the source of my powers, guys. I'm basically Samson. That's true. That's mm-hmm. that's what gives him the power of the Utah. Did you say realm. you're Samsung. Uh, no. Hey. Hey, now. <laughs> I think he said he was Samsung. That's, that's what I heard. Yeah, I heard Samsung. Uh, am I gonna be quoted as saying this? So you lay down and. Recharge, is that what you do? Um, wirelessly, at that. <laughs> wirelessly, uh, yes. So, hint, hint, so, Apple, wirelessly. Yeah. Hey, but while we're there, uh, that that's a perfect segue to our next topic, segue. which is adver- which is advertising. And I actually, there's, there's multiple t- parts of advertising that I want to talk about, so hopefully we can get to all of them. One of them is Apple's newest campaign. The other is uh, some of the competition's campaigns. And I figure we'll start there because I think that's probably the more fun place to start. The the latest Samsung commercials. And there are two specifically that stand out to me as ones that I want to talk about. One of them is this wireless charging hokey commercial that they have where the guy's always fishing for a way to feed his iPhone cord up behind the bed and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the other one, uh, the other person has a Samsung phone and it's all already just sitting there and they just drop their phone and it's charging. And the part they don't show you of that commercial was the part of the Samsung person fishing their charger up the exact right. same way the iPhone user did theirs. Well, that's exa- exactly what my wife said this <laughs> afternoon when we saw it. We saw the <laughs> like, commercial. It's like, yeah, you still have to plug that in somewhere on the other end. Right. It, so you're still going to climb under your desk or whatever. Like, do people really unplug their charger and take it with them yeah. every day? Do yeah. they not have multiple chargers? Yeah, like for, a, for an iPhone? You have one at your bedside and you have one, you know, we have one in, in a bag room. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's, that's me too. Like I have one in the office. I have one in the bedroom. I have one in the kitchen. I have one in my backpack that goes with me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I have one in the car. Yeah, we've got like, I, have, I have chargers yeah, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> you never know when you might need one. That's right. That is a um, So, so to me, it just seems funny that Samsung spends all this time marketing their product as so much better than iPhone when I don't feel like they're really doing a very good job. And so my question is, what what are they trying to convince us of? Because as an iPhone user, you're like, well, uh, and, and you know, Chris, you just said it best. Your wife asked the same question. Yeah. And I, I consider her probably in that kind of fairly normal tech user sphere. Yeah, she's I've, not like super into into things, but she's f- fairly aware. She's yeah, she's gotten more interested in the last few years just having to live with me 
it's it's one of the drawbacks. But but and we could but go she on looks all day at it about and, that. But right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she she really will see a Samsung commercial, and it's you know they're so snarky, and uh, and she just shakes her head, and she's like, that that so, doesn't make me want to buy one. Right. So so if it doesn't make you want to buy one, then what is the purpose of the commercial? Like the only thing I can figure is that maybe it's trying to get somebody who's on an old Samsung phone to want a new it's, Samsung it's phone. It's preaching to the faithful. Or somebody who's on like an HTC trying to like lure them over to Samsung or LG over to Samsung. It, it's making Samsung users feel good about themselves so they'll keep buying the next S. Okay. That, that's that's my so and to me i'm sorry but wireless charging is a solution looking for a problem yes i i right. just don't see why and and like on the watch it makes perfect sense okay because because the, you can now eliminate the need for an exposed port that's an entry point for moisture that no longer is is there right but the port's so, still there on the that, on the on the uh, but uh, on the on, on the, the samsung phone. there's still a freaking charging port yeah. for a micro usb yeah mm-hmm. and on top of that i believe the charging pad is sold separately which it, it's kind of like the microsoft surface thing where they're like look how great it is it has a keyboard note keyboard is 140 dollars extra 130 dollars extra but and they're never going to come right out and tell you that oh by the way that no no it, feature uh it doesn't ship with that yeah <laughs> very it's down, small it's down print at the, the bottom, bottom. And you can't even pause and read it because if you pause it on your DVR, then your uh, indicator the thing, you know, bar. the playback bar covers it up. So gets Gotta gets me it. all the time. So so the inverse of of the terrible Samsung and uh, Microsoft advertising is is Apple's latest marketing campaign, especially for their iPhone, uh, which I assume you guys have seen probably multiple times over. Love the caterpillar the shot. The shot on iPhone commercial, which Beautiful. they're the simplest commercials because they only last, what, 15 seconds, yeah. 10 seconds? Yeah. You see a really short video clip that somebody shot on an iPhone, and then it just says iPhone or Apple or whatever it is at the end. Like, they're taking a totally different approach. And instead of insulting anybody or bragging about features, hey, look, this was something incredible that was produced with. A device that fits in your back pocket unless it's a six plus mm-hmm. it's Big it's very pockets. very elegant on their part i mean there's there's not yeah there's there's really not a way to make things more obviously simple right well and, and on top of that they also uh and i've noticed this downtown chicago and i assume other big cities and anywhere apple puts up billboards uh right as you go into chicago there's a billboard that's a picture and it's one of the shot on iPhone pictures. And then at the bottom, it just says shot on iPhone. Mm-hmm. So That's all they need. Regar- regardless of where it is, it's just says shot on iPhone and you get the idea. Wow. That was an impressive photo or that's a really cool video or slow-mo clip or whatever. And it was made on an iPhone. So to me, that's, that's crazy that just how differently the marketing is. It's also very different from Apple's past marketing of of iPhone because so much of the old market like the the Jimmy Fallon Justin Timberlake stuff when it came out initially <laughs> you're shaking your head about it you, you didn't care for that Terrible. set of advertising Terrible. 
I thought it was I, fun. I, I liked them. I thought they were great. They were a lot of fun. It was fun. It was lighthearted. It lacked substance I, I suppose to me. I think you. it's one of those, if you really follow the Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake bromance, whatever yeah. Yeah. thing that's gone on, those commercials get get infinitely funnier yeah, because of that. Yeah, it plays off that whole background. Yeah, if you know about it, then yeah. it's, it's that much deeper. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed the I don't remember if it was iPhone or iPad but they were doing them with the uh, musicians all the time where they were showing musicians like I think the Pixies was one and there was another group that did one where they were creating a song all on device I think that was I don't remember if that was yeah Uh, that one was really cool the uh, the iPhone 5C had a really good commercial line and then they stopped advertising the 5c hmm. where they showed it being used all over the world and it was people answering their phones saying hello oh, yeah. in all kinds of different languages with the 5c um have you guys seen an apple watch ad lately no, am i just watching the wrong channels weeks, at least yeah i can't like, think of anything in the last week or so like it it was like apple watch is coming apple watch is coming for the ads and then i feel like there was like a week of apple watches here and then they stopped advertising it. And part of me wonders if that was because they were trying to catch up with demand and they didn't want to say, Apple Watch is here, but you can't get it anywhere. You know, disclaimer. It's here or, or it will be, you know. Eventually. Few, few yeah. weeks. Order now, it'll ship in August. You're fine. Yeah. Um, but it's here. I'm but wondering it's not if there. we're going to. Right. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing an uptick in the, the watch marketing now um, because it is available in stores. And that has just that was just this past week too, wasn't it? Week and a half. Yeah. Something like that. That it showed up. I actually went into the Apple store yesterday. No, Friday. And bought a black sport band for my watch. Now oh. uh your your spouse has one now, doesn't she? She if does. I, she got I, one for her birthday. If I saw photos on Facebook properly. Mm-hmm. She got the Stainless 38 millimeter with the black sport band, oh, and like then, it. and then within hours of having it unboxed and connected to her phone, we went to Best Buy, and she got the Casemate glitter case glitter band or something. I don't remember what the exact name of it is. It's made by Casemate. I'll put a link in the the show note thing that goes online at the end of this. And, um, yeah, so she picked that up. It was like 35 bucks, 40 bucks, something like that. And she really likes it because, and, and Glenn saw it on, on Facebook and he was like, what band is that? That looks great. Yeah. Like it's not a, it's not a stock band. So it immediately jumps out it's as beautiful. That's different. That's cool. And, and as soon as she got it, she was like, oh, I love this. This is so cool. I love it so much. So she's very excited to have it. She, she no longer, will call across the house for me, you know, or yell across the house for me to come and do something. She now just sends me a tap on the watch, which is great, except for the two to three minute delay between when she sends (laughs) it and when it actually ends up making it to me half the time. (laughs) So then it makes it to me and I'm like, oh, she tapped me. And I'm already like standing next to her. I'm like, what did you tap me for? And she's like, oh, I wanted you to come here. I go, oh, here I am. (laughs) So... She's enjoyed it in her four or five days of having it now. 
definitely worth it. And she wasn't even mad that I paid the money for it. Mama's happy, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was kind of my thought, was as long as she gets it and she's happy about it. Which, the funniest part of it was that she thought she wasn't getting it because she saw the box for mine and compared it to the box that I had wrapped for hers. <laughs> Smaller. But the, sp- the, the Sport comes in a long, skinny box oh, versus the Stainless comes in a square, kind of cube-shaped box. So she was comparing it, and, and my box was significantly longer. That's what she said. And uh, <laughs> I was going to leave it alone, but that's no, you, it was just laying there. You had to pick it up. All right. Yep. Um, but yeah, she looked at. She's like, "Oh, I thought you got me an Apple Watch, maybe." And I was like, uh, "I didn't get you an Apple Watch. Sorry." And then she opened it, and she's like, "Oh!" and got super excited. It's a Samsung Gear. I'm sorry. And that's when you <laughs> knew you'd won the day. As soon as she as soon as she compared them, and she's like, "Oh, I thought it was an Apple Watch." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> your birthday is gonna be so good." <laughs> I did that, and I got her eight pints of Ben and Jerry's banana split ice cream. Oh my gosh! Because they discontinued that flavor, and I found it on Amazon. So, um, yeah, you're a good husband. They shipped it on dry ice, which I didn't know they could do. Yeah. I was fascinated. Oh yeah. Um, so other, other marketing things now that we've so totally, uh, diverged into a rabbit hole there. Uh, have you guys seen an ad for the iPad lately? Have I just not noticed that they're iPad ads? It's been kind of a long time. Yeah. Everything's been iPhone. It, it's been very iPhone and there was a little bit of watch. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that we're not seeing, oh my God. Hell was that? Nearing the fourth, that was a firework. We're nearing the Fourth of July, so the whole neighborhood is now mm. beginning to blow things up. Lovely. <laughs> Just like yes, explosions and awesome explosions. Yeah, the Anarchy. Dog, I, I love it. The dogs don't love it nearly as much as I no. do. Um, yeah, it, it's very interesting to me that we haven't seen more uh, iPad advertising, watch advertising. And MacBook advertising. I don't think I've seen a single ad for the MacBook. The the one port no. uh, MacBook One or whatever that everybody's calling it now. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It feels like a device that should have an advertisement, but it doesn't. So I'm I, I'm I'm very surprised at what Apple is and isn't pushing right now. iPhone is like the biggest selling device that sells itself. It's fascinating. And it's the one they're advertising. But it does make me wonder if that's because right now some of their newest, latest and greatest kind of feature things that are coming out are very iPhone-centered. Is that why? You know, things like Apple Music is very much, you know, people. I feel like people consume the most music in one of two places, on their computer or on their phone. And especially a streaming service that's really yeah. kind of focused towards the phone user because it's you can have all these songs on the go whenever you want. Um, so I'm wondering if that's part of why the, the iPhone is their, their focal point mm-hmm. as of late. And also just as follow-up on Apple Music, um, literally an hour after we finished recording last <laughs> week, Apple changed course on whether it was going to pay 
artists or what it was going to pay artists and admitted they were going to pay people uh, during the, the free trial time. Taylor Swift had nothing to fear. All was going to be okay. She was going to make her money at, what is it, two cents a play or four cents a play? Good job, Something Taylor like that, Swift. You changed yeah, Maybe Maybe she'll, she'll be able to afford to buy a sandwich now. That's good. <laughs> yeah, she should eat a couple right. more sandwiches. Well, let's be Several, fair. Probably. I mean, she she was legitimately, or at least thought she was legitimately, looking out for the the interests of indie artists, right? And 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 she did. But I I have I have enough friends who are aspiring rock stars. We'll say <laughs> the fact that their music is accessible to people is significantly more important than what they're making on the music. Because anybody who knows anything about the music industry knows that if you're not a Taylor Swift or, you know, a name of some sort, a Jay-Z, Beyonce, whatever, that you're not really making much on music. You're making music everywhere else in the experience. Right. You know, it's the the t-shirts at, at shows and at show, just the what they make at shows from having a show and... I don't know, all the endorsement deals and crap like that that pay, make people all the music, not two cents a two cents a play on iTunes or Spotify or on whatever service. So that was my follow up on that. That's all I had about Apple Music. Other than it, it's out on Tuesday, and I'm exceptionally excited for it. Absolutely. Um, um, I I know I saw that iOS 8.4, the official version, is out on Tuesday. Yeah, it goes uh, out. Allegedly, I think right? It's, well, allegedly, well, right. Well, no, they've actually... Um, I, I, Eddie Q tweeted something about it, right? They've confirmed yeah. it. Interesting. It's, it's, it's going to be 8 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday, and okay. then Beats 1 will kick off its broadcasting schedule one hour later at 9 a.m. Pacific. Well, no, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a significant thing in and of itself. When's, when's the last time Apple pre-announced... An iOS update like that—that's that's, uh, that's fascinating. But it, I think because because of the Beats music, because of the Apple Music and the Beats One and stuff like that, they have to really have an announced schedule because you wouldn't want it to say, "Well, the update's going to come out on Tuesday, and then sometime after that, we're going to start playing music on Beats One." Right. Like you want to have a definitive start, and especially—I mean, imagine what that first hour on Beats One is going to be like. Mm. There's going to be so many people hitting it yeah. if they have space on their device to update. And so, so why didn't they do what they normally do and um, just kind of shove it out there and then pop out a press release simultaneously? I don't know. I think it's just because of the, the Apple Music release. And they haven't yeah. officially posted a news release on Apple. This was from... Uh, uh, t- 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 senior music director, uh, uh, Apple Music senior director Ian Rogers on his blog. He posted there. Oh, yes, okay. uh, posted this weekend that uh, about the release. And then I think Eddie Q also tweeted something that kind of confirmed yeah, it too, I, but I can't remember. Something to the effect of "This is what's happening. This is what's going on." I'm trying to load it here. I know um, it's also. Uh, Eddie Q did confirm that initially Apple Music will have the same 25,000 song limit for uploading and matching your music like uh, app, like uh, iTunes Match does. 
but as of iOS 9, you'll be able to do 100,000 songs. Oh, and and to to tie into this, uh, Glenn, you're an iTunes Match user, correct? Yes, I am. Chris, are you an iTunes Match user? I am. Okay, so all three of us are in the same boat. What happens on Tuesday with our iTunes Match subscriptions? Are they basically useless? Because part of Apple Music is that it uploads anything that's in your library that can't be matched in the cloud that you have in your library. And anything you do have that can be matched is now out there in the cloud as something you had because it's already out there. Right. So really it's just the stuff that you that isn't matched that gets uploaded so that you have access to it in the cloud. Everything else you have access to as long as you're an Apple Music subscriber because you have access to the entire iTunes library for streaming. How does that work with with iTunes Match? So we spent $25 for a year of iTunes Match and we get nine months out of it, basically? That's a great question. Eight months out of it. I'm really bad at math. Yeah, I've... So and I know kind of wondering about that this morning. I know Renee Ritchie over at iMore had a whole string of tweets yesterday, last night or this morning, where he was going through the same thing in his head and kind of trying to trying to piece it out. And basically, the way it sounds is that if if you're an iTunes Match subscriber, make sure you cancel your subscription before it renews in November or whenever it renews. If you're going to use Apple Music. If you're not going to use Apple Music, the $25 a year is significantly less than what you would pay for Apple Music to do the same features. I wonder if they're going to uh, merge those in some way. It, I'm thinking it's, it, what really it should happen is they should just say Apple Music with iTunes Match. Like, yeah. as, as a feature with, they, you know, call it iTunes Match is built in, and so part of your streaming services, you also get iTunes Match. Right. But they do need to continue to offer iTunes Match, I think, as a separate service. Because some people just like having their library in the cloud on all their devices. I, I, they don't necessarily care about I, I think I think they else. probably will keep iTunes Match around. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a note here on 9to5Mac um, about the pending iOS 8.4 release that talks about Apple increasing the song limit in iTunes Match. So, if they're doing things like increasing the song limit, it seems it seems apparent that right. the service isn't on the chopping block. Right, but but again, that that's four times the limit. If, so that's if I remember correctly, the hundred thousand limit or the twenty five thousand limit that's there now is only for uploaded music, right? Or mat or matched music. It doesn't include purchase stuff. Well, that is true. Right, it's just so like, music you've bought so like, other places or 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 ripped from ripped CDs, CDs or found. Yeah found on the internet somewhere you know whatever that However source that was i've heard yeah. how it works but I, I i don't know anything about it right. um but it's it's interesting to me that they're going to push that limit out to a hundred thousand because that's a to have a hundred thousand songs that you want matched um the uh if you if you had a hundred thousand songs to match that were purchased elsewhere, why wouldn't you just pay the $10 a month at that point and and have Apple Music, which is going to have all that music out in iTunes anyway? To have 100,000 songs that don't exist in iTunes seems kind of Yelp unlikely to me. Yeah. Um, but that's here or there. Uh, my, my best guess is that on Tuesday, the $25 I paid last November... I officially will pay $10 a month and 
be double paying for a couple months for a matching service. So. Alright. Airplanes are damn noisy. That's what I'm figuring too. Um. So, Glenn wants to talk about Flash. So. Oh. <laughs> I. The show or the First of all, program? who uses Adobe Flash anymore, right? <laughs> I, I think we need to have a discussion about this because every time I hear about the latest Flash disaster or, or the latest JavaScript disaster, I can't help but wonder, why? Why would you do this? Why would you bring this onto your computer when there are so much better ways to handle web content? So the thing I'm referring to, a new vulnerability was uh, was discovered in Adobe Flash that could allow a hacker to remote control your computer, access all of the information on it. And Adobe had to scramble. They had to, to, to rush out an emergency bug fix to patch this vulnerability. Uh, at what point do things like Adobe Flash just not become worth the bother? This is probably the... 30th such bug I've heard of in a decade with Adobe Flash that is a pretty serious cause for security concern. Uh, it's, it's, it's like they can't win. And the payoff, the payoff of all of these problems is really slow, really buggy video playback. Who still uses this? Why? Um, I have... A really recent example. Uh, our HR department at the college I work for is offloading some of our new employee training onto the web. Part of that process is using video content to do like Excel training and Outlook training and some stuff like that. And part of my job is to take these videos that are on CD and put them on the web somehow for them to watch them. And the disc, which was just purchased and is brand new, like ju it's just updated for the latest version of Microsoft products, um, came out last fall, I believe. The files came in Flash format. It was a CD full of SWFs that they wanted me to put on the internet. Right. And I was like, what... What do I do with this? How much did you pay for these? Why did you pay for these? And and the lady I was working with was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, for one, YouTube is free. And all of these types of trainings probably exist on there. And for two, it's in Flash. And I don't know what to do with these because Flash should have died four or five years ago <laughs> at least so I, I agree i i think that there is still a segment of the world that is convinced that flash is how you need to do things because that's what they know it's just been out and there so long that it, exactly, it's just going to take a long time to kill it it's like a widespread yeah. disease Right, you have generations and generations of people that have well not that many generations probably but a couple of generations of people at least that have been building web pages in Flash and building web content in Flash and using Flash to create videos for the web and that they just don't understand that things like H.264 as an 
MP4 codec exists that makes it a high quality video that's actually a video, not a series of stills strung together as a flash file. You know, things like that. They don't realize those things exist and how to do those things. They just make it in flash and that's the way it is. Wow, what a disaster. I also ran into a mobile website the other day. A mobile site, no less. I clicked the link and it said, view our mobile site. And I said, okay, I'll do that. Clicked on the link and it said, this requires flash to view the page. I was like, I think you're confused as to how mobile works. Yeah. Oh, geez. So, yeah, I, I'm amazed that Flash is still around. And, and my computer, I, I've got, I just haven't installed it anymore. I've refused. And when I click on something, it's like, oh, this requires Flash. And I'm like, ah, guess not. Don't want to look at you anymore. Yeah, not worth it. Yeah. And most things you have, a, most things is like YouTube for the longest time was like, oh, it requires Flash. And it was like, well, if you just did m.youtube.com and went to the mobile version, it didn't require Flash. So I would just do that. Wow. What else were you throwing up here at me? Something about yeah, big text. What happened to that? That guy. That guy. Oh. Oh. I do remember that, too. So, yeah, I, that's kind of backtracking in conversation, but that's all right. Um, the uh, LCAP, which which I assume is the operating system that will hopefully kill Flash forever. Yeah, I sure hope there's, so. There's... There's the segue we were looking for. Um, in the the latest beta, also revealed a 4K resolution for the 21 inch, 21 and a half inch iMac. And I don't know anything about this other part of this, Glenn. So you have to tell me. Yeah. So there's there's a couple of things going on here. So one of the nice things about betas, uh, calling back our our earlier conversation at the beginning of this recording. Um, a lot of times, Apple's betas reveal very interesting things to us about potential new hardware. In this case, there's some code strings to talk about what might be coming for the iMac. There's a specific reference to a 21.5-inch 4K or 5K display for the iMac, um, which is pretty exciting. It tells us that Apple's going to continue that 5K move that they started um, really just, just months ago with the uh, original retina iMac or 5k iMac but what was perhaps even more interesting is a new remote that appeared in similar code strings that talks about a new bluetooth remote um, that has multi-touch that presumably has some form of trackpad on it um, and is intended for the apple tv but i suspect also perhaps for the desktop um it's a Bluetooth-based remote now instead of an IR-based remote. Um, it, it makes me wonder what they're planning. Um, what, what, what's the point of, especially in LCAP, e- even mentioning or including code strings for an Apple TV remote when um, modern Macs haven't had an IR port for, I don't know, four, four or five years with the exception of the Mac Mini? If it's going to be Bluetooth, they could probably push it, you know, to use for presentations and things like that. Yeah. People are going to use, uh, you know, use their MacBook for presentations and want to be able to move around the room. Is it possible that 
because it uses Bluetooth, that there's going to be elements of the remote functionality that you could do on an iPhone or iPad. And that's why it exists in LCAP, is that you could use your iPhone as a keyboard for your Mac or your iPad as a keyboard for your Mac or a control the pointer or a, a trackpad. I mean, I know there are, there are apps out in the app store that do that, where you can turn your phone or your iPad into the trackpad or the, the keyboard or whatever. Um, and I've even tried some of them. Most of them were pretty flaky most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it possible that that's the connection? Boy, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, it just it just really gets me gets me thinking about what direction they might be going with that because it just seems like a pretty off the wall thing to show up in LCAP. I wouldn't be surprised at all if I found it in iOS nine, but in LCAP, that's that's an odd place for an Apple TV remote reference. The other thing that's possible is maybe we're going to see Apple bring back um, front row. That's my hope. That's what I'm hoping we'll see. That's that's the right thing. That's I'm th- that's, I'm thinking of the right thing, right? That was yeah. like the Apple TV like experience, kind of. Yeah. That lived right. on the Mac. Basically, so a could... shell for your computer to give you a TV like iTunes content experience. So if if Apple's really gearing up towards this next generation of Apple TV media consumption slash maybe gaming platform that it has to exist in LCAP because, well, what if I'm, I have my laptop and I'm away from home, but I want to play my game that's on my Apple TV. I could download it to my Mac and use the remote slash controller to play that game on my Mac. That's an interesting concept. I get it. That's, that's smart. Well, and then that also kind of, skirts the whole edge of people keep saying well apple needs to make an actual tv well what if they make what if they're already making a 21 inch and 27 inch 4k and 5k tv that we're not even thinking of as a tv because it's actually a mac they also make an 11 inch 12 inch 13 inch and 15 inch tv when you break it down like that yeah they're missing the whole high end of the spectrum but you can't take a 60 inch tv with you on vacation Oh, sure you can. Just yeah. gotta pay extra for luggage. You just leave the kids at <laughs> leave the kids at home when you're fine. Just check a really big bag. I don't know. That's that's the only thing that would make sense to me is if if there's strings of code left about, which I feel like is never actually left about. It's it's left in there. I feel like intentionally. Oh sure, Apple. Apple Some, loves to troll people. Especially they're just like, well, they're we're just gonna in here. We're just gonna say, you know, we're gonna leave the word like Apple TV game somewhere in this code string, and someone's gonna find it, and all of a sudden the internet's gonna go ape. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's a great way to do a controlled leak. <laughs> now over here, put the, put the string iBook <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> And then nobody looks at it. Yeah. If I read iBook, I would just assume they meant iBook like the the book platform, not iBook like. Oh, but you know, somebody would come out and say, "Oh, they're going to oh, bring back the iBook exclusive." Of course, yeah. Uh, that that is another. That's another new feature that popped up in iOS nine that I hadn't noticed 
uh, until the other day in the, the beta version. Actually, two different things that I, I just discovered in iOS 9 in the beta version. So we're back on beta topic kind of anyway. Um, the share sheet or the extension sheet now has save PDF to iBook. From almost anything, you can now save a PDF of whatever the whole page is into iBook. Yeah, it's it's a long missing feature. This is something I've wanted for a very long time because there's there are times when you're browsing an article and and maybe it's something that you would uh, you know typically print to share or something of that nature. But you're on the road, so your AirPrint printer is is nowhere to be found. The ability to save that as a PDF to print later or to recall later or to share later without just adding it to your reading list. Phenomenal. I love it. Right. Well, or if, especially with things like, and screenshots are a crappy way to do it. But if you wanted to like save the content and know that it's not going to change or disappear. Yeah. Right. Uh, because that's especially, um, especially important. Um, the other thing that I noticed in, in the beta that I hadn't played with and maybe I just didn't realize it was there was I was sent a PDF and I needed to to sign it and fill in a couple of fields. And now in the mail app, you can actually mark up a PDF. And I think they highlighted this during the keynote. I just hadn't had a chance to use it, but it was fantastic. Like I just tapped and I started typing and I filled in the parts that I had to fill in and you click and say, I want to sign here. And a signature pad box comes up, and you sign your finger on the screen, and nice. done. And it drops your signature in. And I, I replied with that, and right away the lady responded. She's like, "Great, this looks perfect." So yeah, it's delightful. Without ever having to, without having to print it and fill it out, or go into Adobe on my computer. Whatever. I was sitting at the the doctor's office waiting in the waiting room, and I filled in a PDF, signed it, and emailed it back. Hmm. Fantastic! The future we live in. Hmm. What a time to be alive. Right. <laughs> so let's let's shift forward just a little bit in the notes here. And let's talk about the iPad. Because I know it's Chris's favorite topic to discuss. And especially and specifically using the iPad as a computer replacement. Since we all know that this fall there might be a bigger iPad. And Chris loves the idea of a bigger iPad. Oh, yeah. I just can't it's wait. It's riveting. To it's try riveting. To f- yeah. Now, I'm, not so, the, I'm not the one that's going to try and use his iPad for a week instead of his Mac, though. That's that's exactly it. So I, I don't know what fully inspired it. I know part of it's knowing that... Insanity? Um, well, I mean, there's a little bit of that. But um, Federico Vitici... Uh, almost exclusively uses an iPad for everything he does. And I've found in the last week or two since I got my Zag keyboard that I can do so much on my iPad and the typing on my iPad is great. A keyboard makes a big difference. It, it really does. Yeah, so I'll go on with that. So my hope is for the week leading up, like from, from now, what is it, June 20, 28th. So from the, 20, from the 29th through... I guess the 4th, 5th of July, whatever. I'm going to attempt to only use my iPad as my computer. I'm going to hopefully leave my Mac put away. 
The only exception to that, I think, will be uploading the podcast. Because I have to have a, a, a computer with an FTP client and a way to edit the podcast feed. But other than that... That's quite a challenge. Um, it is. So that's that's my goal, is for the next week to use my iPad as a computer replacement um, with, with the caveat that there is a keyboard attached to it. So I... I don't have to use the on-screen keyboard. But my thinking on this is we haven't seen a lot of iPad marketing lately. The iPad kind of stalled a little bit. iOS 9 is helping kind of shift it so that it's a little bit more productive than the iPhone. And all of these rumors about the potential for a larger iPad, I feel like somewhere in all of that, there's going to be a new push towards using the iPad as a computer replacement for people who don't need a full-fledged computer. Because hmm. when you really break it down, what do you need a full-fledged computer for? Like, you're surfing the web, you're checking social media, you're listening to music, you're checking email, you're playing solitaire. Like, you can do all of that on an iPad. Hmm. And not have to have a whole whole computer or laptop and all of the size and cumbersomeness that goes along with it. See, so I, I don't know if I'm, I, I, I'm without quite as convinced. Um, in 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 theory, I, I agree with all of this. There's not a whole lot that you can't do on an iPad that you can do on a Mac, but there are a lot of things that you can do better and more efficiently on a Mac than you can do on an iPad. Multitasking is one of those things. Even with the advancements announced for iOS nine. Multitasking is just going to be a better and smoother and more efficient experience on a Mac than on an iPad. Um, and part of me can't help but wonder if they're not kind of backtracking from, from this kind of vision of, of you know, using an iPad for everything. I look at devices like the 12-inch MacBook and, man, that seems, I, I almost want to call that thing an iPad. It basically is an iPad that runs Mac OS. The, the central idea and the design are very much like an iPad. This, this is going to touch on, on some of the stuff we discussed last week again, but I, I really think this is kind of a giveaway to a, an all-inclusive platform from Apple, something that includes the simplicity of iOS but has a more powerful back-end for power users. So if an iPad could do three or four apps at a time, would it be better at multitasking to you? It's it's hard to say. The way that multitasking works on a Mac with the dock and, and gesture control and uh, being able to, to you know tile your windows and, and freeform your windows, if they could achieve something similar to that on an iPad, I'd be all for it. But at that point, what's the difference between an iPad and a Mac, right? That's true. So I, I think you've got to have the two layers. There's something to be said about the simplicity of the iPad, but there's a lot to be said about the versatility of the Mac. So I hate to say it once again, but Microsoft had a really good idea with that. You have a front end that's simple enough for anybody to use, and you've got a back end that's more powerful and more familiar with some of your experienced, more experienced users in mind. 
So you're saying like with the desktop experience versus the uh, Metro or whatever they're calling it now, the live tiles. Yeah, or exactly whatever. like that. Yeah. I could see that. I don't know. For, for now, it's it's a it's a te- part of it's just a test for myself to see if I can do it, and part of it's just to see really how capable the iPad is at being a computer. Mm. So, if if I come back next week and I'm like, oh my god, I never want to use my iPad again, then Apple's got a long ways to go. <laughs> if I come back next week and I'm like, yeah, I could I could do that. Like if I didn't do the job I did. Maybe I could do that all the time or something. I, I could see for my grandparents who need a computer but don't want all the crap that a computer brings about or, you know, for a kid who wants a computer but doesn't need a computer, you know, some of that stuff. So Here's where I think we'll the, see. the beauty is for Apple. And, and this is honestly what I think they're trying to reach for, at least what I see them trying to reach for. So you've got a certain clientele of people for whom an iPad is ideal. You've got a certain clientele of people for whom a Mac is ideal. But why choose, right? Wouldn't it be great for Tim Cook to come out on stage and say, now you don't have to choose between the simplicity of an iPad and the power of a Mac. You've got the entire world of Apple's platform at your fingertips, introducing the new MacBook line, right? There's, there's all of this stuff you can do. Touchscreens, iOS-like app experiences. I don't know. It seems like a natural segue that they're heading into. It'll be an interesting couple of years, that's for sure. And if if we see touchscreen Macs come about anytime soon, I'm going to be so ecstatic. Buy your Apple stock now, folks. Buy your Apple yeah. stock now. Well, <laughs> you should have bought your Apple stock right after the split, really. You should have bought it 10 years ago if we're going to go that route. <laughs> or, or that, or when, whenever. you. It, it's always a good time to buy Apple stock because it's very unlikely that it's going to go anywhere other than up in the long term. If you happen to know Doc Brown and Marty McFly, give them a phone call now. Yeah, buy it back when it was ten bucks a share. How about our our somethings of the week? Because I think we're to that point. Uh, who wants to go first? Chris looks like you have two, so I'll let you go first. All right. They're both hardware accessories. First one is the Giorno keyboard for iOS. If I'd known you were going to do your little experiment, I might have sent this your way. But as it is, it's mine. You can't have it. All mine. <laughs> Good. What it is, it's a nice little folding Bluetooth keyboard. Folds up in three layers and gives you a little carry case. And when you unfold it, it automatically turns on, pairs with your device. The case even turns into a little uh, stand for your iPhone or for your iPad. Or, or it could also be used with Android. Uh, you can use it with your Mac. You can use it with your P- a PC or a Windows device. Uh, I've only had it for a week. It's so far, it's pretty good. It's got a few little quirks to it, but uh, uh, there'll be a review on it probably this week on Mac Trust. Really important question about it. Yeah. The top leftmost key is a, an escape key or a home button key. Let me see. I just have to have it right here. Unfolding it. Ooh, uh, That's nuts. 
That's cool. Uh, so. The upper left-hand corner key is an escape key with a home symbol on it. It's both. It works with Android, Windows, oh or iOS. I, that's um, one thing I, I, I've tried to use. I've tried to use a an iPad keyboard with my computer before, and that home key doesn't work as an escape key on the Mac. Right. And so it always drove me nuts. And I was like, why can't somebody just merge these into one or put two buttons side by side so yeah well this apparently thing, that's you the can, one you can tell it what what device you're using it with and it'll map to that wow Incredible. so i i haven't had a chance to use it like uh with anything but my <coughs> excuse me but my ipad but so far so good it seems to want to disconnect a little too quick mm-hmm. so i need to look in the settings on that but uh, otherwise it's a great little uh so far so so good with the keyboard it's pretty pretty neat little thing doesn't take up much device or much space in your backpack either so that's kind of cool very nice and then the other one is the battery box which i have right here charging i need to start reviewing it they uh company sent it to me it's a nice little uh probably i don't know what would you say that is about looks like a car three, battery three inch by four inch oh my something like that and it's uh has a connector to go to your MacBook and also has a USB port built in so you can charge your uh, iOS devices or any other USB charging device. Uh, it's supposed to give you, I think, another four to six hours on your MacBook battery. It, That's not uh, bad. Instead of attempting to, to charge the battery on the MacBook, it actually just powers it. So okay. they, they figured out a way to do that. So I'm still playing with it, and uh, we'll be having a review of that again this week. And also, if anybody hasn't been following Mac Trash, they should start because we'll be giving it away after we review it. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't get to keep that. That exact one? That exact one. Oh, it's used by Chris and everything. It's used by I'll, I'll even autograph it or, or put my fingerprint on it or whatever they want. You know, I, I'll... I'll Get my wife's lipstick, and or I'll have my wife kiss it with lipstick if you want. You know, whatever <laughs> will make it that much more valuable to them. Uh, right up until the lipstick, it was sounding like a lot of downside. So yeah, yeah, I'm not sure my <laughs> autograph would actually add to the value of it. Really, but uh, it's a great little device so far, so good. And uh, like I said, we'll have the reviews later this week. Very nice. Uh, Glenn, would you like to share yours? Because yeah. I'm curious about this. So. Um... Transcend, one of the great memory companies and, and one of the up-and-coming flash memory companies, um, has a great little upgrade kit for Retina MacBook Pros that I'm very, very fond of. It's called the Jet Drive. It allows you to um, upgrade storage in the typically non-upgradable Retina MacBook Pros. Um, currently, it only supports the 2012 and 2013 models, but it allows you to add up to a terabyte of storage for... Um, not not fantastic prices, but pre- pretty reasonable. About $550 for a terabyte and comes with a nice little USB 3 enclosure for your existing um, MacBook SSD. Um, so I, I found it you know, quite, quite a nice little way to add another 500 gigs to my 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, really pretty creative, clever, and I love the fact that it comes with an aluminum enclosure. Very nice. My something of the week is actually an app that I just got to post a review for uh, over at MacTrast, and it's called Kiwi for Gmail, and it's a Gmail 
desktop app that gives you the web experience of Gmail, but as a desktop app instead of through the browser. So instead of opening Safari or Chrome and loading it up, you actually now have Gmail in an app on the desktop. You get notifications, you get access to Drive and Calendar and all the the goodies that Gmail comes with. There's also like uh, trackpad gestures and all your keyboard shortcuts work. It's just a very cool little app. Um, and it was one that it just came out. Uh, and I think it's 10 bucks in the app store. Sounds right. And review for it is over on Mac Trust. And, and while it's sitting here in front of me, I'll also do a quick something for the stand for Apple watch by nomad. Uh, hello, nomad.com. Uh, another product I got to do a review for, and it's just a little aluminum stand for the Apple watch. The, magnetic charger actually feeds through and kind of tucks along the back edge so it looks very clean and elegant sitting on a desk or on a a bedside table or whatever it is but it's a nice little stand that lets you kind of suspend your watch there and gets it up off the off the countertop or desktop or whatever so uh, both of those reviews com, and i'll put links in the show notes for anybody interested any last words gentlemen before we call it an evening whiskey that's my last word whiskey that's a good last word (laughs) perfect Uh, like that's a surprise (laughs) in that case my thanks once again to both of you for joining me Uh, as a reminder uh, you can find Chris on Twitter at clhauk posting stories at mactrast.com and follow mactrast at mactrast on Twitter and you'll find out about the giveaway of the um the battery box yes and glenn can be found on twitter at the glenja and at simply mac in utah i don't remember leighton hills is that right mall yeah leighton hills mall bam there you go you can find him there and as usual it's not gonna be that hard to find (laughs) (laughs) it's true as usual you can find me on twitter at ian fuchs and thanks again to all our listeners, subscribers for joining us on Magnificent. Be sure to tweet us your comments or questions or anything you have to, to tell us about the show with the hashtag AskMagnificent. And we'll do our best to uh, respond to those in future shows. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a rating or review or both in iTunes. And share the episode on your social medias. Tell your friends. It helps us know you care. Catch you next week. <laughs>